Hello, and welcome to this special Christmas episode of Anime Audio Commentary. Today I'll be commenting on episode 22 of Toradora. If you'd like to watch along, then start watching now. So, Ryuji's got himself into a bit of a pickle here in that he lied and said he was Kitamura. Saiga probably would not have confessed had she known this. So, it almost makes this whole confession rooted in a lie, even if it is true. Alright, so is he just, uh, having a flashback here? Okay, well that's an awfully convenient way of flashing forward without really, uh, facing any resolution. Man, I really don't like this teacher. You know, just don't call attention to it. Just move on, please. Calling attention to it just makes it worse. Ah, oh dear. Speaking of worse, I don't like that look Meanery's giving Ryuji. That is a very complicated look. So I guess things kind of worked out. You know, they had both fallen down that crevice, and they hadn't really been injured. And to make it even worse, they're not really talking to each other, and Taiga's sort of staying with her mom. You know, I had thought Taiga's mom was dead, but maybe that's just me misremembering. They were actually just divorced, her parents. It seems weird. Oh. Ryuji is sort of, um... Covering for himself here by implicating Kitamura. Oh, dear. Oh, so Kitamura has actually said something interesting in that... 
Tiger didn't ask him to coffee or anything. It was more she asked him for a wish. Alright, things are getting interesting and complicated. And I feel like it's only going to get worse before things eventually come to a head. Uh, so, things have sort of reached a weird new status quo in that Ryuji is hanging out with classmates he never really hung out with earlier on. Like, it's weird, because Taiga was his friend before, and since she's not around, that sort of, in a sense, creates a bit of a power vacuum. I mean, obviously, that's not the right term, but he's sort of forced to gravitate to other people instead. And, like, the weirdest part is that he's actually on, like, semi-good terms with these people, whereas they would have viewed him as a scary delinquent before. I mean, I guess in part it helps that they were both sort of all in that predicament regarding hiding in the closet. That That is a friendship forged through fire, for sure. But at the same time, like, I, I don't know. It doesn't really seem like a genuine friendship necessarily, or like a friendship of convenience. Man, you guys played a stupid game and you won a stupid prize. So, I think the weirdest part about all this is that, you know, she's working, so I guess she can't help it, but Minari's sort of back to her usual self and not acting weird like one would think, especially considering everything that went on. I feel like I would certainly be acting a little weird. You know, I couldn't just act like everything was normal. You know, that guy raises a good point. Had Ryuji not divulged everything, no one would have known that something was going on between them. And it seems like Ryuji's not the only one with romantic woes. Everybody really is getting the short end of the stick here. I can't help but feel a little bit bad for Ryuji, considering that he really doesn't have any company now. You know, he's just going to be cooking for himself and his mom and no one else when before he was cooking for three. But he also raises an interesting point in that, you know, is Taiga really taking this long to recover considering her only injuries were minor? Or is she deliberately staying away? 
You know, neither instance is particularly encouraging. So, once again, despite all her obvious faults, Ryuji's mom seems to genuinely want the best for him. You know, you don't have to worry, she says. You know, she wants him to go to college, get a good education. I don't know, I think there's... There's something true to what she's saying in that Ryuji has the capacity, so it would be a waste to not fulfill it. She really is relentlessly optimistic in a really nice way. You know. Uh, man, even Ryuji's echoing my sentiment. But, you know, maybe... Maybe she has cause to be optimistic that we don't know about. Because, looking in, it really doesn't seem like there's a whole lot to be so cheery about. You know, her husband's dead. And it doesn't really seem like he was a particularly good family man at any rate. But if it's only her and her son, I guess by dint of it being a necessity, she would have to be optimistic. I mean, I'm not super optimistic, but you know, if the alternative is being eternally pessimistic, I would certainly choose to be optimistic instead. So, everyone's sort of bringing it up in little bits and pieces, but we don't really know about Taiga's relationship with her mother, or anything like that. You know, presumably it can't be that good, seeing as how Taiga wasn't living with her, but I have to wonder if she's some sort of a deadbeat. Like, she has to be somewhat responsible if she's willing to take Taiga in for this whole period of time. But at the same time, I don't know, there's something here that's not quite above board. I feel like, given what's happened to Taiga, and if her mother, who's now back in her life, starts to hear about all the exploits she's been up to, I feel like that's going to put a damper on Taiga returning to school as normal. That's usually how things go, you know, once a parent gets involved, it disrupts the status quo. I feel like Taiga's mom is going to prove to be hyper-protective. And as a result of that, like, anyone who might be a bad influence will be kept away. Man, Ami was in a really sour mood. Once again, you know, 
she's just sort of being cryptically rude rather than actually saying what she means. And, you know, I don't know how many times I can say it, but that is a singularly unproductive thing to do. Although notably, Minari is coming to talk to her rather than Ryuji, as I would have assumed. This is usually what Ryuji does. Oh dear. So obviously Minari's making stuff up to get under Ami's skin, but I'm wondering to what effect she's doing this. Okay, so once again, people are speaking with figurative terms here. So I'm thinking, Meanery here is sort of saying, like, I had, I had already taken into account what you're cryptically complaining about. Alright, man, just get it over and start slapping each other again. So, career plans, as I understand them, are sort of a trope here in that it's something that often comes up when they talk about, I don't know how real it is, but it seems to me that Ryuji talking about talking his career plan over with his mom is a bit of a um, an interesting thing in that, you know, it's his career. The teacher also makes a cryptic note about uh, Ryuji should do what he wants and not what other people want instead. Ooh. Oh dear. Well, it seems like Ryuji's gonna be eating alone for a little while. Man, to think that that whole little escapade on the mountain was because of that little barrette. You know, there's something sad about that, just putting it in essentially like a box of junk and other miscellaneous stuff. 
It's unfortunate considering how much thought he had put into it prior. Well, man, you know, despite saying all that stuff about not being able to face things, it seems like he might be getting an opportunity right now. And, you know, he would do well to capitalize on it. Well, it looks like everything's back to normal. And that's an interesting complication here. Rather than continuing to beat on each other, they just sort of stop. Well, there you go. You know, the whole no-contact thing was just by virtue of a battery being dead. You hate to see it happen, you know? Man, you know, it's funny how things work out, that it was a fairly simple explanation in the end. You know, Tiger just wanted to skip school, she wasn't really feeling that bad. And you know, it turns out I might have uh, misjudged her mom, too, in that she's not a harridan keeping Taiga locked up or anything. So even though things are slowly getting back to normal, things seem a little strange. You know, Taika doesn't really want to stay over for dinner, or stay over at all, seemingly. And Ryuji is really invested in trying to get her to stay over. Man, of all things, that stupid bird was enough to get her to stay. Like, that truly is a wretched creature. Alright, so I, I have to wonder, like, things surely aren't going to pop off again this episode, but it's gotta be soon, right? Like, I feel like things are going to come to a head when somebody reveals what they secretly know. Oh, man. So, Taiga's suddenly bringing up Meanery, you know... I feel like she's trying to get herself off the hook here.
Man, she's she's smiling, but that that is a lie. You know, we both know that's not how she really feels. Oh dear. Oh boy, I can only wonder how poorly this is going to go. You know, generally not a good idea to stand on railings on balconies. Uh-oh. Here's the foundation of the lie. I feel like uh, there's going to be a bit of a crack in it. So Taiga seems to think that the whole thing was a dream. Oh dear. I mean, she seems to have convinced herself it's a dream, but she seems to be having a couple doubts. Alright, so I think this is probably the wrong move in that Ryuji shouldn't be, like, saying stuff that he wouldn't have witnessed. Like, Taiga seems to buy it, but I feel like that's a good way to catch yourself up in a lie. Alright, well that's it for this episode. If you've enjoyed it, then by all means, tune in for the next one. Merry Christmas, Space Cowboy.